Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Sask Egg Today is brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner. Sask Egg Today with Doug Faulkner. Good afternoon and welcome to Sask Ag Today. Coming up on today's program, canola and wheat futures this week seem to have plateaued. We'll hear from PI Financial Commodity Futures Advisor Adam Piccolo. As well, the 34th Annual Grain Millers Harvest Showdown in Yorkton will run from November 1st to 4th. Commercial Cattle Show and Sale Co-Chair Brett Callen says the entry deadline is fast approaching We'll explain of all of the details there. Yorkton-based Cornerstone Credit Union is investing in the development of a rural startup ecosystem focused on agriculture, food, and technology. Cornerstone CEO Doug Jones will join us on today's program. So all of those stories and much more coming up on today's edition of SaskAg Today. But first, it's time for the Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. And that's a presentation of Milligan Bio. Milligan Bio now offers bio meal for your livestock, giving your animals more protein, more energy, and more of what they need. It's also brought to you by Sean Prahitka, your Remax Blue Chip Ag Division Specialist. Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. With Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. And Phil, once again, it's an overcast day here in the Yorkton area and very chilly. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm looking at some warmer temperatures. The problem is I'm not looking here. I'm looking west because they are warming up a little bit more. And it is, the key word there is little. It is getting into the mid to upper single numbers on western portions of Saskatchewan. Even parts of Manitoba still uh, seeing the warmest temperatures. The, the coolest air is sitting right over central and eastern parts of Saskatchewan and actually digging farther south too across uh, a little bit of western North Dakota and eastern Montana. That is the core of the coldest air right now. It does have some warming potential and not much. I think we'll get to around eight degrees in many areas, but the trick is breaking through the cloud cover, and there is plenty of that to break through, and we're going to be working on that process as the day goes on. Some of us will get into a decent amount of sun. There certainly are some uh, numerous breaks to the west, uh, a lot of uh, low, thin cloud behind this thicker stuff, but the thicker stuff still has a little way to go. Uh, but I do expect some improvement through the afternoon, and that should help the temperature to move a bit. The, uh, the wind is definitely not helping the uh, feel of the air, though, as it stays in, in the range around 20, a few higher gusts still around. But just as the cloud cover will be easing up, we've seen the gusts come down a bit, and that diminishing trend will continue through the afternoon. So it's not going to be warm tonight, but it's going to be at least calmer in and out of cloud cover with a low near one. The good news, I guess, is that there's not much occurring as far as precipitation out of this cloud cover. There's plenty of cloudiness, 
Uh, but the showers are very limited, and they are primarily on the other side of the border, getting all the way into uh, eastern parts of the Dakotas or toward Minnesota. So that is not really an issue for us. If a you know, sprinkle or even a flurry flies through the air, that is insignificant stuff. Uh, through the day tomorrow, it's going to be very easy to forget a day like today because it's very quickly getting back above normal. We lose the cloud cover through the night tonight, again, averaging partly to mostly cloudy, but the trend is toward clearing. By the time we get to tomorrow, partly to mostly sunny and the high 17. Three degrees tomorrow night. It's dry air that's going to be holding on. Even though we warm up, we still keep that low humidity. So a big swing from 17 down to 3, back to 15 on Sunday under a sunny sky. And Monday looks sunny as well. We're around 13, pretty close to maybe just a skosh above where we should be this time of year. Mostly sunny on Tuesday as well with a high near 12. That's Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. Temperatures around the region this hour. The Paw and Swan River are at 5 degrees. Dauphin 6, Brandon 4, Show Lake Russell 3, Roblin 2. Regina and Winyard Wadena Kelvington are at 4 degrees, Saskatoon 6, Hudson Bay Indian Head 3, Broadview Musiman 1. The Yorkton Melville region has a cloudy sky, a northwest wind at 24 kilometers per hour. 69% is the relative humidity. The temperature is 4 degrees. Yesterday, Yorkton reached a high of 8 degrees and dropped to a low of 1 degree. There was 3.6 millimeters of rain that fell in the 24-hour period ending at midnight last night. The normal high for this date is 12. The normal low is 0. The sun rose in Yorkton at 6.58 this morning, and it will set at 6.17 tonight. Extreme temperatures for Manitoba and Saskatchewan yesterday. The Manitoba hotspot was Gimli at 14 degrees. The cold spot was Clear Lake at plus 1 degree. The Saskatchewan hotspot yesterday was Valmarie at 12 degrees. The cold spot was a tie between Leader and Scott. They both got down to minus 5 degrees. And that's a look at your agriculture weather. Please stay tuned. SaskAg Today will return right after these messages. Welcome back to SaskAg Today. Canola and wheat futures this week seem to have plateaued. PI Financial Commodity Futures Advisor Adam Piccolo says the November canola contract was down only $2 this week to around $713, while December Minneapolis wheat contract increased $0.15 cents a bushel to about $7.24 U.S. So the November futures will need to be rolled within the next few weeks. So the January will be the front month soon. So right now, November is still the most active contract, but uh, that'll start to decline here over the next few weeks. So seeing the, again, canola finding a bit of a bottom here, maybe that harvest pressure has subsided. Um, on the soy markets, we have seen uh, a decent amount of volatility with the November 
uh, soybean contract and the December soybean oil contract still going down. Uh, however, an anticipated bump up in demand now uh, that China has returned from their Golden Week holiday does favor the bull camp. Uh, Asian traders do say China still needs up to about 5 million tons of beans for November uh, and is short um, from what they bought for December and January. So Brazil's supplies are finally dwindling uh, after their record crops. So the U.S. has has a very good chance of seeing improved demand uh, for the next couple months. And again, that might help a little bit on the uh, on the canola side. But we have seen uh, palm oil futures down about four and a half percent on the week. Uh, again, that's pulled bean oil lower as well too. So uh, again, kind of dragging canola down a little bit right now too. As for wheat futures. Yeah, wheat definitely in the last couple of weeks, like we've been talking, has been kind of on more of a downward trend. However, uh, it did seem like that there is some f- fun short covering here this week. So the December Minneapolis futures increased approximately 15 cents a bushel to where we're trading right now at about $7.24. Um, again, there might be some potential buying kind of from China as well, too, here a little bit kind of on the, the wheat side of he- things here. But right now, again, I'm watching wheat more from a a technical rather than fundamental standpoint because the trend is still down even with the the big move that we've had here. And I am watching the momentum actually quite closely now. So with the the technicals down or the chart patterns down, momentum is kind of starting to favor maybe a little bit more of this fun short covering. And that's where I think we might see kind of these bounces higher here uh, potentially over the next couple of weeks. Piccolo then analyzes last Friday's USDA report on small grains. Yeah, it was definitely, again, one that traders were watching for to kind of set the tone for the week because we did see some some pretty big moves when it came to the wheat market with kind of all contracts down approximately uh, between 30 to 40 cents a bushel. Uh, however, on the Chicago contract, we actually saw, you know, almost this whole week kind of recover um, what we lost as well, too, from the report. So Minneapolis still hasn't recovered from the, the Friday's report and same with the Kansas wheat contract. Um, you know, when it comes to the corn and soybean side, there was numbers that also as well too were a little bit uh, lower than expected on the corn, um, but a little bit higher than expected on the soybeans for U.S. crop production. Uh, so looking back on, on the Friday's report, we did see, you know, a little bit of action on that side of things. Um, in terms of grain stocks reports, uh, corn was down uh, beans were up a little bit and wheat was up as well too. So again, it was overall kind of a little bit more bearish, I would say, for the markets. But right now, I think that a lot of these markets have recovered from kind of those lows. And that's where I'm watching maybe for maybe some technical buying and short covering here in the next few weeks. He then provides his outlook for the grain and oilseed markets. I would say big factor that a lot of traders are watching is how the U.S. dollar has still been pushing higher. I do think, though, that it is overbought here, and we are coming up, talking on the stock market side of things, the most seasonally positive three consecutive months in the stock market, so October, November, December. And so if we see the U.S. dollar 
go down because of that, which that typically happens when the stock market's going up, I think that could be supportive for grain prices over the next few months to kind of tie that in. So um, that's kind of one factor. The other factor is maybe crude oil as well too. Crude actually had a significant decline here in the last couple of weeks, uh, reaching about $95 on the November WTI, and today we're trading at about 83 So that was a pretty big, large pullback that we've seen recently in, in crude. And I think that definitely spilled over to grain markets uh, kind of over the last week or so. Adam Piccolo is a commodity futures advisor with PI Financial in Winnipeg. It's time now for the Ag Review portion of our program, and that's a presentation of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. Future Ford has been serving the Melville area for over 30 years. They focus on the future. Their staff are ready for what's to come. Ford Tech is changing all the time with new vehicle technology like EV, self-driving, and more. Get ready to drive into the future. Why? Because the future is Future Ford. GX94, AgriView. The government of Saskatchewan has partnered with the Saskatchewan Veterinary Medical Association to facilitate a workforce study to determine veterinary labor market needs and better support veterinary retention in Saskatchewan. The government of Saskatchewan has provided $100,000 to support this endeavor. The 2020 Canadian Veterinary Medical Association's workforce study confirmed that Saskatchewan is experiencing veterinary shortages. This subsequent study will provide critical information on recruitment and retention challenges specific to Saskatchewan, as well as inform which supports or incentives would be most effective to overcome these challenges. Malatest has been contracted to conduct this research study. The study will review the number of training seats for veterinarians and veterinary technologists in the province, define the scope of the shortage, and explore approaches to better support all animal owners and the livestock industry. A bill to exempt propane and natural gas from the carbon price when used for grain drying and barn heating was nearing the end of its winding road through the Senate after a meeting yesterday. The Senate's Committee on Agriculture and Forestry heard final witnesses speak on Bill C-234, which would amend the Greenhouse Gas Pollution Pricing Act to expand farm-related carbon price exemptions. At the committee's next meeting on October 17th, it will consider potential amendments before returning it to the Senate chamber, where they will debate the bill again before a third reading. If the bill is amended, it will return to the House of Commons to be reviewed again before being given royal assent and becoming law. The bill, first introduced in the House of Commons in November of 2021, passed its second reading in the Senate on June 13th. The Senate then rose for the summer on June 30th. A bill to create harsher penalties for unlawful entry onto farms and biosecure zones is back before the House of Commons after a previous iteration died on the order table in 2021. Conservative MP John Barlow brought forward Bill C-275, an act to amend the Health of Animals Act, Biosecurity on Farms, as a private member's bill. It arrived before the Common Standing Committee on Agriculture and Agri-Food on September 28th. It applies fines up to $250,000 or up to two years jail time for individuals and fines up to $500,000 for organizations. 
While not explicitly mentioned, Barlow indicates the bill is in reaction to actions of activists, such as those who snuck into a turkey farm in his riding, likely a reference to a 2019 incident in which a group of activists broke into a turkey barn on a Hutterite colony north of Fort McLeod. The federal government is getting roasted by at least one expert for the approach it has taken with rising grocery prices. Former Competition Bureau Commissioner Melanie Aitken says Ottawa is choosing to ignore more glaring problems affecting food costs, such as the supply management system. That's the system that controls the supply of dairy, poultry and eggs through price and import controls. Industry Minister Francois-Philippe Champagne said yesterday Canada's largest grocers would soon offer discounts, price freezes and price matching as a first step to stabilize prices. Most of the things we love to eat for Thanksgiving dinner are costing more this year. That includes turkey, potatoes and butter. Food prices rose 6.9% in August, well above the month's headline inflation rate of 4%. One retail analyst says some people are looking for creative ways to deal with higher costs, including having potluck Thanksgiving dinners. And researchers at Duke University say the loss of habitat from the expansion of farming and ranching is the single biggest threat to amphibians worldwide but novel diseases and climate change are also taking their toll. The new global assessment finds 41% of amphibian species that scientists have studied are threatened with extinction, meaning they are either vulnerable, endangered, or critically endangered. That's up from 39% in 2004. And be sure to listen to the latest SaskAg Today podcast. It's brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Please stay tuned. Saskag Today will return right after these messages. Welcome back to Saskag Today. I'm Doug Falconer. It's cloudy and four degrees in the Yorkton-Melville region. I'll have your complete weather details coming up at the top of the hour. The 34th annual Grain Millers Harvest Showdown in Yorkton will run from November 1st to 4th. Commercial Cattle Show and Sale co-chair Brett Callan says the entry deadline is fast approaching. Yeah, you know, just with the uh, show being a little bit earlier this year, obviously our entries are due a little bit earlier. So um, I know cattle are, cattle are starting to move to town with the good prices that we've got going on. So the deadline is October 12th here. So on Thursday coming up, um, that's the deadline for, for all futurity show and commercial cattle show entries. So uh, it's, it's rolling up here pretty quick. He says there's a few different categories to enter. Pen of three opens, pen of three breads, and pen of five breads uh, for the commercial cattle show and sale. And then the futurity show, obviously, if you're brand new to the show, the only thing a guy could bring is the pen of three opens. And then the way the futurity shows is, you know, next year you can bring breads, and then the following year you can bring cow-calf pairs. So that's kind of a cool one to be in. Um, kind of awesome to uh, show off your herd and how consistent they stay through three years. It's uh, it's amazing how tough it is to get those three animals all the way to cow-calf pairs. So also we've got the pen of bull show for the, for the purebred guys. So uh, your pen of three bulls, uh, that deadline is also coming up on Thursday, October 12th. Callan says it's easy to enter. Yeah, you know, all of our all of our entry forms are online. They're at uh, yorktonexhibition.com. Uh, just kind of click on 
Yorkton Harvest Showdown coming up, and then um, it just gives you a list there of all entries. I mean, all those entries are commercial cattle. There's forage, there's grain, there's any show that we've go going on that it requires an entry. There's a list of them there, so uh, feel free to uh, take a look at uh, what might interest you. He notes the entry fees are very reasonable. Yeah, you betcha. I mean, that entry fee is uh, it's pretty minimal. I mean, $40 for a pen of three and $60 for a pen of five uh, for the commercial show. And then, uh, obviously, those animals will sell. And, and we take uh, we take a 3.5% sale commission on them. So I think that's oddly reasonable. Um, the entire show and sale are broadcasted live on DLMS. So, um, you know, any anybody watching can, can pick up these heifers from anywhere in the world, actually. So, and then uh, the futurity entry is uh, seventy-five dollars. So, just a little bit more on that. Um, and like I said, that's a, that's an interesting show. I really enjoy that one. Just watching those animals progress year after year. Callan is also taking nominations for a special award. The uh, Young Rancher Award, that's coming up. The, the deadline for that is actually, actually the 17th. Um, same thing, entries are online for that. And that, uh, you know, if, if you've got a, maybe a son or, or a daughter or daughter-in-law and, and son-in-law that are working with you and you're thinking they're doing a bang-up job and just try to give them a little bit of recognition, uh, you know, and maybe any purebred bull guys, any of your clients that you think are doing an awesome job year after year, um, you know, just think of nominating somebody for that. It's a, it's a pretty uh, pretty cool award to get, and I think it just uh, it'd be pretty special to receive that one. Um, you know, these cattle guys put in put in 360 five days a year work on these things so it's uh be pretty cool to uh to get that award given to somebody here local and um the only stipulations for that is uh kind of own cows and be under 40 so um you know a little write-up on that would be awesome brett callan is a co-chair of the commercial cattle show and sale at the 34th annual grain millers harvest showdown november 1st to 4th in yorkton it's time now for the livestock market conditions and their presentation of Heartland Livestock in Verd. Livestock market conditions. U.S. live cattle futures for December closed at 186.67 today. That's up 130. February live cattle closed at 190.77, up 117. November feeder cattle closed at 250.87, that's up 57. January feeder cattle closed at 253.77, up 72. December lean hogs closed at 73.57, up 130. February lean hogs closed at 77.57, that's up 162. And that's the livestock market conditions. Yorkton-based Cornerstone Credit Union is investing in the development of a rural startup ecosystem focused on agriculture, food, and technology. Cornerstone CEO Doug Jones believes Eastern Saskatchewan has the potential to be a leader in agricultural innovation. Cornerstone operates in rural eastern Saskatchewan and we consider agriculture to be our sandbox and I don't think you have to be too integrated into the agricultural sector to see that you know that you know technology is becoming critical to agricultural success um, we see lots of opportunity in eastern Saskatchewan around agriculture obviously right here in Yorkton with expansion in the canola crushing industry 
all the research globally shows population of the world is growing and and Saskatchewan is well positioned to help feed the world and and so with all of that we see that you know producers are are getting larger more sophisticated our core business of of simply just being a you know a lender or or a financial advisor to to individual producers is it is is and will continue to be a critical part of our business however you know the ability to provide advice in helping farmers be as effective as possible in feeding the world is really what agri-food tech is all about because we think through technology uh, enhancements and, and and growth in that sector you know the ability for saskatchewan to produce more food to the world is is great so it, it really is just about wanting to be a key key part of that and um, there's lots of interesting things happening uh you know probably more so in the urban centers of saskatchewan so this is a deliberate focus that we would like to place to to eastern rural Saskatchewan to make sure that the same opportunities can stay right here in rural eastern Saskatchewan. He says the initial step is to hire a director of rural tech activation. The job posting is out there and and probably one of the main purposes for our 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 release at this time Doug is to is to get the word out that we're doing this and and try and attract candidates for that position because that is the critical next step. We've been part of some work over the last few years in partnership with uh, now Suncrest College, formerly Parkland College, hosting some meetings with centers of influence in, in the community to really talk about, you know, what a rural tech hub could look like in our area. And, and you know, the realization is that none of us can be effective at moving that forward from the corners of our desk. And so Cornerstone, our board of directors, myself, our management team are committed to being part of it and, and showing some leadership with it. And so we just determined that, you know, this needs some full-time boots on the ground to really see what kind of initiatives could, could be born right here in our region. So, so yes, the, that's the critical next step is we're looking for candidates who have a passion in this area and actually can come and tell us what we need to do. Hire someone that's uh, smarter than we are in this space to help us get after it. But Jones says he can't say when that person will be hired. Uh, the key is to have the right person ready and equipped to do the right activity. So if we have to take our time, we will. The posting's out now, and, and certainly I think, we'll, you know, certainly uh, it's, it's now early October. I, I think we have it out to at least the mid, mid part of the month. However, can extend that to the end of the month if need be. And then, you know, spend the balance of this year with the hiring process. And then hopefully I'd love to be in a position by early next year to, to announce uh, who's going to be in the role and, and maybe some of the early activities that the, the individual will be doing. And he hopes that prospective agricultural entrepreneurs from East Central Saskatchewan will come up with some great ideas to advance value-added agriculture in the region. If you just uh, see this space as something you want to be a part of and and come forward, and again, our resource, uh, I really see our resource being someone who, you know, links people in the industry that might have a problem that they want to solve with people that have a possible solution. And, and be that bridge. Um, that's, you know, that's, that's a good example. We're also quite interested in, you know, the educational side. So like if there are young people in school today that have an interest in technology and, and also a background in agriculture and want to stay right here in rural eastern Saskatchewan, it'd be great if we could help partner with the college on, on some programs that would keep them here, get their education here, and then ultimately possibly become employed here in, in that uh, agri-tech sector. Jones says the development of a rural tech hub is part of the Government of Saskatchewan's growth plan for 2020 to 2030.
Please stay tuned, Sask Gang. Today we'll continue right after these messages. Commodities Update. Canola futures closed down across the board today. November canola closed at 710.60, down 60 cents. January canola closed at 717.50, down a dollar 80. December Minneapolis wheat closed at 7.20 and a half, down 11 cents. December Kansas City wheat closed at 6.73 and 3 quarters, down 16 and 3 quarters of a cent. December Chicago wheat closed at 5.68 and a quarter, down 10 cents. December corn closed at 4.92 per bushel, down 5 and a half cents. November soybeans closed at 12.66 per bushel. That's down 14 and three quarters of a cent. December oats closed at 4.23 and three quarters, down nine cents. And that's the commodities update. Well, with Thanksgiving coming up on Monday, we reached out to the turkey farmers of Saskatchewan. Jacob Hofer is a producer from the Musha area and is a director on the Turkey Farmers Board of Directors. The first question is how many turkey producers are there in Saskatchewan? There are 11 producer-owned farms in the province. Some are within an hour from Saskatoon. Now we have other farms as well that are closer to the Musha Regina area. And towards Swift Current, there are some farmers in that area as well. He tells us how many turkeys are raised in Saskatchewan. So anywhere between 640 to 675,000 turkeys are raised in Saskatchewan, which yields you approximately 6 to 6.4 million kg per year. 2% of those birds are processed at Exceldor in Manitoba. 43% at Safina Foods in Alberta, and the remaining 55% at Prairie Pride right here in Saskatchewan. Hofer explains how long it takes to raise a turkey. So that's dependent on the size of bird that the consumer or the retailer requests, but typically it takes a minimum of 10 weeks to grow a 6 kg bird, and that is the smallest that you can grow, and most birds are usually kept right up to or grown right up to 13 weeks, and that will yield you a 10 kg bird. And some birds are raised right up to 18 weeks, and those birds are called toms. He says more than one breed of turkey is raised in Saskatchewan. There are two major genetics that get raised in Saskatchewan. One is called hybrid, and the other genetic is called aviagen. As for the difference between the two? There's not a lot of difference. The birds grow relatively the same weight. It's more a, a grower or producer preference. Some guys do better with, other, with uh, different genetics. Hofer says consumers like their traditional turkeys. The majority of consumers, they continue to choose a whole bird because that is a traditional meal for the holidays. And then they leave the, the less traditional options like the turkey breast rose and other products for the other meals throughout the year. And then the, we got the uh, turkey deli cuts for sandwiches as well. Although we are receiving more requests for turkey parts, such as breast wings and drumsticks. But he says it's becoming more convenient to eat turkey meals. Yes, there are different products. You can now get oven-ready turkeys. They do not require any preparation. You just remove the packaging and stick them into your oven. You can get pre-cooked turkey roasts, and you can also get 
uh, ready-to-eat turkey smokers, and they're really good too. Hofer says turkey remains very popular. Turkey consumption has remained relatively steady in the past year, but there are slight increases here and there for the specialty product. He explains the nutritional difference between white meat and dark meat. White meat generally has 3% fat, and uh, the darker meat has 8% fat with a higher iron kick to it as well. And there's different nutritional values to different, different body parts too. Hofer notes turkey recipes can be found online. Yes, yeah, so you can find recipes on Turkey Farmers of Saskatchewan website and also the Canadian Turkey website. And it has lots of recipe ideas. It has a uh, whole bird calculator. If you're not sure what size of bird you need, you can enter into the calculator how many guests you have, adults, kids. It'll tell you what size of bird you need. It'll tell you how much thawing time you need how much cooking time and all of that. So lots of great information on that website. And he has these final comments. All I can say is everybody, good luck with cooking your turkeys. I hope to turn out on you. And keep in mind, you know, turkeys are good year-round. They're a very good protein source, easy to digest, and very nutritious. Turkey is a, a lean meat. I just really love it for a protein source. Jacob Hofer is a turkey producer from the Moose Jaw area and is a director with the Turkey Farmers of Saskatchewan. For more information on turkey recipes, go to the Turkey Farmers of Saskatchewan website. Please stay tuned. Saskag Today will return right after these messages. Farm Bulletin Board. The 34th Annual Grain Millers Harvest Showdown is coming up November 1st to the 4th at the Yorkton Exhibition Grounds. Of course, it is free admission to that. There will be a trade show, a grain show, a forage show, a cattle show and sale, chores, uh, stock dog competition, you name it, they have it. They'll also have uh, professional bull riding coming up November 3rd and 4th at 7 o'clock at the Gallagher Centre, brought to you by Mazer Group. So that'll be another big event being held in conjunction with Yorkton's Harvest Showdown brought to you by Grain Millers. So once again, that's coming up November 1st to 4th. And as you may have heard earlier on the program, there's a number of deadlines coming up. So you might want to get on that website, yorktonexhibition.com, to find all the latest details on when the entry deadlines are for all of the uh, competitions at uh, Harvest Showdown. And don't forget the 50th Manitoba Ag-X and host of Nationals is set to take place October 25th through the 28th at the Keystone Centre in Brandon. The deadline for cattle entries has already passed, so come visit Manitoba's largest all-breed cattle show. If you're looking for something to do in between shows, they'll have a number of events. Those events uh, include... Uh, the uh, Manitoba Ag-X trade show, which will be showcasing exhibitors from all across Canada. It's free for all to attend, located in City Square. There will also be a party in the dirt. That will be held on October 27th. So that's coming up at the Manitoba Ag-X Nationals, October 25th through the 28th in Brandon. It's now 1 o'clock in Saskatchewan, 2 o'clock in Manitoba. Time to check the GX94 precision weather forecast for the Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, 
and Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, Russell regions today. A mix of sun and cloud, winds northwest at 15 to 25, gusting to 40, then diminishing, a high of 8 degrees. For tonight, partly to mainly cloudy, winds southwest at 10 to 20, a low of plus 1. For tomorrow, partly to mainly sunny, winds northwest at 15 to 25, a high of 17, but an overnight low of 3. For Sunday, sunny, winds northeast at 10 to 20, a high of 15. For Thanksgiving, Monday, mainly sunny, a high of 13. And for Tuesday, mainly sunny, a high of 12. In the Paw and Swan River, it's 5 degrees. Dauphin is at 6, Brandon 4, Show Lake Russell 3, Roblin 2. Regina and Winyard Wadena Kelvington are at 4, Saskatoon 6, Hudson Bay Indian Head 3, Broadview Mooseman 1. The Yorkton Melville region has a cloudy sky, a northwest wind at 24 kilometers an hour, 69% is the relative humidity, the temperature is 4 degrees. That's your agriculture weather, and that'll do it for SaskAg today for today. Be sure to tune in again on Tuesday at 12.15 Saskatchewan time for another edition of the program. It's time now for the news and sports headlines. SaskAg today has been brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner.